Hello all and welcome to Accidental Careers, the podcast where we talk to people about their jobs. Was the path there windy? Were they jobs they even knew existed? Let's find out. This week, we're going to talk to menopause coach Adele Johnson. It's Menopause Awareness Month, so let's deep dive and see what Adele has got to say. Good morning, Adele, and welcome to the podcast. We're going to talk about your accidental career, what you do now, but I want to take you back to the beginning, um, if I may. You didn't really know what you wanted to be when you were at school, is that right? Yeah, I didn't have a clue. Didn't have a dream, didn't have a, a whole thing of I want to do you know, become a vet. I just, yeah, I didn't have anything in particular. So when you left what we call high school now, when you left high school, what did you go on to do? Did you study some more or what what did you do after school? Yeah, so in, well, primary school, I had no idea. And when I went on to high school, I really excelled in language. So I picked up German very, very quickly, very easily. um, And I was very arty. So of course, went on to do advanced higher art, advanced higher German, Um, And then went to university to study business with German and spent a full semester over in Germany studying as well. So it was a really nice kind of all rounder, if you like. I met a lot of beautiful people from all over the world doing that. Brilliant. It's great to have a language. And my eldest daughter actually picked up German really, really quickly, too, um, and went on to do the A-level and then found it got really difficult after that. Yeah, between even high school and going to university, you know, I was mm. I was really good at it at high school and then went up to university and it was like this whole new level. Yeah, it was, mm. it was insane. <laughs> yeah, she talked to me a lot about it. I, I can barely speak English at all, so it was no good for me to try and help her. So. <laughs> it wasn't good. So you studied business, you met a lot of people mm-hmm. and then you got into the corporate world, yeah? Yeah, so I actually... When I came, I suppose in any business degree, if those that are listening to this have, have studied business... There's a kind of generalist business role. So you do a bit of entrepreneurship, you do accountancy. That was my worst topic ever. (laughs) And then you go on to do like marketing, HR. And I knew that I wanted to either go down the marketing route or the human resources route. Um, All the marketing jobs at the time were down in London. And I Mm. just, as much as I love London, I really, really love it for a weekend trip or a day trip. I couldn't live in London. So I knew that wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, I'm a beach girl, you know, like where we live on the Fife Coast in Scotland, we have five beaches that are all within five to 10 minutes drive. And wow, we've got luscious forests literally surrounding where we live. So I couldn't leave all of that. Um, so yeah, I went on to then choose human resources. And at the time I had a weekend pocket money job that I worked in Sky Television on the phones, selling people Sky. Um, And it just, yeah, it just happened. It's one of these things where that was almost an accidental career in itself because Mm. I went on to fall into a human resources support role. So it started as kind of administration level. Um, And from there, worked my way up and through different roles within human resources, right through to operational resilience and business continuity. Fantastic. So you had a great job by the sounds of it. Yeah. But something happened, didn't it? Something happened to make you kind of um, take stock. Can you talk to us a little bit about what happened to you personally? Yeah. So I, I, I'll take you to like the, the, what it was that made me move away from all of that. So I actually resigned mm. from my career, not from Sky. I was made redundant from that role. 
my role actually moved to London, ironically. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. want to go with it. So I was made redundant from that role, um, went into a few different roles, and then eventually ended in investment banking, so in finance. Mm-hmm. And I actually resigned from my corporate position in that sector because of early perimenopause. So at the time, it was suspected that that's what it was. Um, but it took over two years, really, to get that confirmation from both general practitioners, so GPs, and also specialists within um, private gynaecology. So I actually invested some of my own savings into my own health care because health is my number one priority. So, yeah, I spoke with my husband and, and went privately for some investigations. And it took over over two years for me to get that confirmation that it was actually perimenopause, um, even though I knew that's what it was and had been telling them that for over two years. You were young still then, Adele, to get into the perimenopausal stage, right? Yes, I was. So it was in my early 30s, I started to notice that my body just didn't feel right. There was something just not right. And I was constantly, you know, making appointments with the GP to have checks done, bloods taken. I just felt like something just wasn't right. Um, By mid-30s, that's when I knew it was hormonal. I was already working in the women's health space at that time and I was being mentored by a private menopause doctor and it was just through conversations with her. She was asking, you know, how long have you had that symptom? How long have you felt that way? Um, and I remember having a conversation with her and laughing, saying, I know where you're taking this and it's not <laughs> menopause. It definitely can't be. And the look on her face on that Zoom call when she just looked at me as if to say, come on, you know, you know that this is yeah. what it is. Um and it was that whole in, initial internal denial, isn't it, around, well, it can't mm. be. Like, this doesn't happen to me. This happens to other to people. You. Yeah. Right? Not me. So, yeah, through conversations with her, I thought, right, you know, let's just go down that route then. Let's just see if this is what it is. Um, so by 35, I knew. By 37, I had that confirmation and apology that that's what it had been for all that time. Um, and started my um, HRT journey at 37. Wow, okay. I want to come on to that because I know there's going to be a lot of people listening and me included wanting mm-hmm. to know about what those symptoms were. So we will delve a little bit into that, but just go back a bit because I want the listeners to understand that you were a very fit and healthy woman at that point in time. It, you know, you were weightlifting, you were training in that space. Uh, yeah. talk, talk me through that a little bit because that fascinates me. <laughs> yeah, so it's quite a funny thing, actually. There's There's... Two pieces to this is much as we say fit and healthy, yes, I'm a certified nutritionist and I have been for years. Um, I mm-hmm. am actually a menopause coach. So again, it's it's one of those irony things where I was helping other women with this and then having that whole aha moment that this was actually what I was facing. But prior mm. to all of that, I had competed. I won double gold for Scotland in entry-level bodybuilding. So it's known as bikini and went on to get five British invites, but never took any of them up because wow. the sport to me was something I'd grown up with. My mum was a female bodybuilder when I was really, really young. And yeah. I remember watching all her shows. She won Miss Scotland, came third in Britain. Wow. And I'd grown up around that environment. So mm. I knew once I'd had my twin girls, so I'd had twin babies, my body completely changed. And I went from being this kind of athletic, you know, runner, 
um, hadn't really trained, hadn't done any weights. I was very much into the athletic side um, Mm -hmm. to completely losing who I was because my body shape and composition just drastically changed. So I remember having that conversation with my mom and her saying, you know what you need to do if you want to change your shape. I was like, I know I need to go and lift weights. (laughs) So, you know, as much as we think we need to go on a diet or do more running or more cardio. Yes, those things are appropriate, but actually it's in building muscle that your body then changes shape. So toning up is actually building muscle. So I went into the gym and that was my journey. But me being me, I needed a goal to focus on. I couldn't Mm. just tell myself, you're going to the gym to change your shape. So I decided that I would give myself an 18 month to two year goal to be on stage and it scared wow. the bejesus out of me and yeah I'm sure it's not a long no time it's it. it. it's not a long time yeah mm-hmm. um and that's what I did yeah I, I went on a bodybuilding journey um like I say competed for two seasons first season was a learning curve over dieted mm-hmm. lost a bit of muscle because of that the second season I then placed very very well in a lot of different categories and and federations but where this gets a little bit interesting was Mm. and there's no evidence to show this because we don't have any research on it but because I have the marina coil for contraception Mm. I don't actually have a monthly bleed so no periods and I didn't through my competing seasons whether I lost my periods we don't know because I wasn't bleeding anyway Yeah. Okay, so amenorrhea, um, which would be an indication, and because body fat goes so low in females that compete to that level, it's not healthy. So that's why I said, you know, yes, it's fit and healthy, but it's not a healthy sport. Um, So what I then started to kind of hypothesize and have theory around Mm. was, could my competing two seasons back to back have resulted in Uh, my endocrine system? almost not forcing it, but almost being a little bit out of that homeostasis or, you know, centered health space um, and resulting in early perimenopause. But we don't have any evidence. There's no research on that, obviously, for ethical reasons. Um, Mm. But it's just a a kind of a theory that I have is that potentially my competing may have, it wouldn't be the only cause, but may have just maybe accelerated my journey. Uh, yeah, too. had something to do it. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've watched many, many women over the years. And when I say I'm fascinated by it, I, I mm-hmm. kind of, I, I really am. And on all ends of the spectrum, because there was a point in time when um, when I felt at my best, it was when I was lifting weights, actually. And mm-hmm. I've, I've fallen yeah. off the wagon, p- possibly because I'm perimenopausal, actually. But we'll see. We'll we'll see. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm having that looked at at the moment and we might mm-hmm. talk offline about it. But I, I've kind of lost my mojo in that sense. But I watched some yeah. people at the gym, one lady who, who did exactly what you did into the bikini and the discipline, the sheer discipline mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, everything from the kitchen to the gym to everywhere. Um, she, yeah, she, she was crazy, like zero body fat. It was unreal. But then yeah. the other end of the spectrum, which also fascinates me, is women who lift heavy, really heavy, so mm-hmm. strong women um, who look completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, the whole the whole thing fascinates me. Um, and I think, you know, having watched somebody else's journey and listened to you talking about uh, that, you know, who's to say, that, you know, I, I agree. I think it looks needs looking more into. It might be 
uh, factor in where you are today. Uh, But most women out there who struggle with this topic, who are thinking, am I going through that? I mean, I'm thinking it myself at the moment. Mm -hmm. I think we all wait for that one big clue oh periods have stopped and that's yeah. it but actually Adele I'm sure you can tell us that there's many many more symptoms we should be looking out for yeah absolutely I mean periods stopping so this is probably where we haven't even had the, the kind of GPs educated enough around this and that a lot of GPs will say things like um you know you're, you're years away from menopause just now you know you're far too young mm-hmm. we hear this a lot but actually It's the stage before that. So perimenopause being that stage beforehand where we start to see and feel those changes inside our body and outside. So Mm -hmm. we might notice things like, yes, our periods may become a bit more irregular. We might bleed a little less, a little more. We might find that they're way more painful than they ever have been. Or actually, we've had so, you know, really painful periods and they get a lot easier. So anything Mm -hmm. that you would deem to be a change for your menstrual cycle would be an early indicator. The actual element of it when periods stop, that's in our menopause to post-menopause stage. So we can be 10 years, some women more, some women less, in perimenopause before we even have our periods stop. And it's through perimenopause that we notice a lot of the symptoms. This is where our Hormones, estrogen, progesterone and testosterone are starting to decline, decrease. So some of the other symptoms to watch out for, um, and I mean, there's so many of them, but some of the more (laughs) common would be things like um, you might notice heart flutters, heart palpitations, for example, because estrogen is so heart protective that as soon as we start to lose that element inside our estrogen called estradiol, It's like our queen bee hormone. It's like the Mm. goddess within us. Um, Once she starts to to decline, then the receptors within the body are not getting what that needs. So we can experience heart palpitations, which come out of the blue. You might not have Mm. even experienced them before. And that can lead to things like anxiety, health anxiety. I have a lot of ladies with that. That was one of mine, um, where you just literally feel like you are going to die young. Something yeah. horrible is happening inside your body and l- logically yeah. your mind will not allow you to see that this is just irrational thoughts. So mm. you feel and fear that actually something bad is happening to you. You may have stiff or sore bones or muscles, joint ache, um, fatigue. This is a real big one. So a lot of women experience yeah. really, really crippling fatigue. It's not just a little yawn of oh, I'm quite tired today. It's a, actually, I need to go and take a lie down at lunchtime type of, mm. of fatigue. Um, okay. So many, the sweats are, are one that we always associate. So vasomotor symptoms known as hot sweats or night sweats, um, but also things like itchy skin. So for a mm. lot of women, we can experience itching of the skin for no reason. We can turn it around and say, well, it's maybe the detergent I'm using or maybe I've you know, worn something that doesn't agree with me. Um, but a lot of the time, this is a bit of histamine sensitivity or histamine intolerance at the other extreme, again, because of lowering level estradiol. So we do become a bit more sensitive to certain foods that are higher in histamine. Avocado is one of them. Uh-huh. Another one being red wine. 
This was a devastation okay. to me. Devastation, absolutely <laughs> mortified. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one glass of red wine now is approximately my limit, or I start to scratch and itch like crazy. Um, but you know, again, this is is being aware, right? It's about being knowledgeable mm. of your own body because now I know, actually, around Christmas time when the cheese board comes out, and I want to have red wine with that. And I want to have more than just one glass, then I need to take an antihistamine beforehand. Wow. I mean, isn't it just great being a woman at all? Isn't it just great? Yeah, well. (laughs) It's just just nothing but fun, fun, fun. Yeah, we give birth. We, uh, yeah. And then we, and then we enter menopause. It's amazing. But you you touched on something really key there. It's about knowing your body and recognizing Mm. it might be something else. Because like say, Mm -hmm. I've been going through this, um, a process I guess and I think you get this tiredness and this brain fog am I just doing too much you blame it on something else you don't mm-hmm. really get to the crux of the matter and say come on um mm-hmm. and then you know uh, difference difference in in weight and, and and losing my gym mojo and all of these mm-hmm. things that have gone on I put yeah. down to busy lifestyle something bad's happening this it's all over here um mm-hmm. So much so I took an intolerance test recently, actually. Um, and some of the foods that came back also devastated me because one of mine was yeast, which means I can't drink white wine either. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, and you think, is it those food intolerances? But actually talking to you now makes me think, is the whole thing just linked yeah, to uh, perimenopause? But the, the the nurse at the GP centre is saying it's hard to establish is is that was is that the case? Is it difficult to say yes? You are in the perimenopausal stage. I wouldn't say it's hard. I would say it's just not simple. So okay. when when we think about a diagnosis, I prefer to say confirmation because we're not ill. It's not a disease. We're not diagnosing no. a, an illness. Mm-hmm. Instead, we look at symptoms. So for a lot of women, we can of course run blood profiling and we can look at sex hormones and where their levels are are playing at that current time. But what mm-hmm. we would normally indicate, and this is not just, you know, finger in the air type thing. This is about the guidance from the British Menopause Society and also within NICE guidelines that we obviously will look through and, and adhere mm-hmm. to. Um, but everybody is individual. And that's why when I'm working with ladies in menopause, we look at the individual lady. It's, it's about what does she need, not what does that document say she needs. So a lot of the times this can be really clear through symptoms alone. And especially as we get to know the lady and her journey and lifestyle, then my team and I are quite clued up on being able to suggest whether it could be actually, well, this big life event that's happening to you just now could just be really exasperating your emergency response modes. Okay, so Mm -hmm. let's let's utilize the positive psychology tools and we'll, we'll go inside that space of the mind pillar instead But for other Mm. women, it can be really clear that the symptoms that they are experiencing through a bit of a diagnostics and assessment that Mm. actually we can turn around and say, look, we can't say with 100% conviction and uncertainty. But what we can say is it's very, very likely that what you're experiencing is. So we can do it through symptoms alone. There is an assessment tool that can be used for that. Okay. And um, also through blood panels. So if I work with ladies who are 45 years and under, sometimes even with women who are 45 and over, um, we will look at when their last sex hormone profiling was completed and like to look at where estradiol, um, SHBG and testosterone levels are sitting. Mm-hmm. 
Now I have okay. a doctor in my team, so we can do a lot of that analysis in-house, which makes life very quick and very easy. Yeah. Um, but what we're looking for there is, for example, I have one of my ladies now who is still in perimenopause, so she's still mm. bleeding. That's how we know. Yeah. Mm. She is over 45. In fact, she's in her 50s. And her testosterone levels are fine. Her SHBG levels are brilliant. But her estradiol levels are extremely low. And okay. she's already on quite a high dose of estrogen already. So the complexity of it then is it's not just as easy as saying these levels are low. Let's take some replacement estrogen and everything will go back mm. to normal. We are, Like I say, we're unique. We have to navigate this in a beautiful way mm. but for some women they won't absorb that estrogen back into the body okay, so okay. we have to look at alternative routes for that there's always a solution this is kind of my positive yeah. psychology coaching me will always say look it's only a problem if we let it remain a problem it's it's mm-hmm. a challenge that we get to then find your solution to so I, I literally say it's like a road and a journey where we may have speed bumps but never roadblocks yeah so we're always able to overcome always a way around it and can diet be a factor in that can you use food to help with that yeah yes Mm -hmm. absolutely so with um the, the three key areas that i focus on and this is not just me but this is within you know women's health in general um and i actually built a formula around this so nutrition is a core pillar to that it's like a key core yeah. element we cannot be our best possible selves and live our best possible lives if we do not have adequate nutrition for that so of course you heard me talk about red wine and cheese I'm not the nutritionist who won't go through the McDonald's drive through Yeah, I do that with mm-hmm. my children. I love yeah. a donut and pizza. It's one of my mm-hmm. favourite foods. Yeah. But equally, I know that I cannot live on that every day, all day. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we do have um, adequate roots, fruits and vegetables coming into our diet. Um, mm-hmm. Our gut muscle will absorb the nutrients from that food so well, um, which can be affected in menopause as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But what we want to be able to do is look at nutrition, make sure we're hydrating, make sure we're getting ample amounts of proteins and fat sources, because Mm -hmm. as women, we cannot go on low or zero fat diets in menopause. We must Mm -hmm. have around 35 to 40 percent of our total calorie intake as healthy fats. Really important for your hormones to function. It scares it's women just... a bit, that doesn't it? It, mm. it, it? it frightens women when you say the word fat, but actually yes. when you talk about good fat, it's a completely different thing. It's not a, a Big Mac, it's a slice of avocado or, you know, Yeah, some nuts and seeds. You might nuts want to pop seeds. on some olive oil onto your salad mm. or cook with it. These are all, yeah. you know, really good healthy sources that support the heart, but also help your endocrine system to do its job. So that's mm. what controls all the hormones in the body so we want to be making sure that we're not penalizing it and you know I when I teach this so I run a a certification for menopause coaches and when I teach this out the way that I explain the endocrine system is this is your this is your orchestra think of everything from we've got three parts of the endocrine that sit in the brain and then think of it as working all the way down to the ovaries and that is your orchestra in your body controlling, doing, yeah, the conductor parts. And each of those endocrine glands and elements are your um, instruments. 
Okay. If we have all of those instruments in tune, the orchestra plays beautifully. Yeah, we're healthy. We're, we've reached that yeah. element of what we feel to as homeostasis. We're, we're feeling good. But yeah. if one of those instruments is a little bit out of tune, yeah, one of those hormones is not quite doing its job, then the orchestra is completely thrown out and everything else is trying to compensate. So this is why being really in tune with your body is so important. Yeah, absolutely. It's fascinating. I could talk about it for, for hours and hours, but this is what you do full time now, isn't it, Adele? This is where mm-hmm. this is where you've got to. You are a menopause coach yes. um, and you, you help people. So if there's somebody listening or somebody like me who's kind of getting to that stage where they need to know um, if it's there, what can you mm-hmm. offer to the ladies? What so is a menopause do... coach? Yeah, it's a really great question, actually. I get asked this quite a lot. What is a menopause coach? Mm. So think of this as my team and I, so I have a team, it's not just me, but my team and I are here to support your journey from end to end. Okay, so I am not a medical doctor. I am a certified nutritionist, certified positive psychology coach and certified breathwork facilitator. So the way that that works is... I basically take you through your entire journey from am I perimenopausal? I don't know what is wrong with me. I'm feeling ill right Mm. through to I am living my best, most abundant self life. And the ladies that we support go on to vastly improve their confidence levels, their motivation, achieving goals that maybe they're business women and have been too frightened to launch a project or they're career women who have held themselves back from going for promotions or leaving the company they're with because it feels safe, but they've actually had aspirations to completely change careers. So think of it as we're there as your nutritionists, but we're also there as your life support through your journey of menopause, um, through nutrition, lifestyle and mind practices that we have a, a program for. Because we all we have um, a GP, a menopause doctor within the company, sometimes if your GP is not favourable, so we have this come up against now and again, where the GP yeah. will just not be open to supporting our clients, we actually, myself or one of my other coaches in the team, will bridge the gap between you and your GP. And a lot of the time that can be escalation to practice managers and above around the lack of due care that's being given So we actually educate as we go. And the main part in all of this is that you, Lindsay, so if we were working with you, we would take Mm -hmm. you through your journey, but we would be educating you as we go so that you can advocate for self and feel empowered and knowledgeable to step forward and own your own health in menopause. Um, It's a six month program that we run. And by the end of that, you graduate out with not just your health and happiness, but also this abundance mm. of knowledge that you can carry forward forevermore because your menopausal symptoms are not just going to remain the same for the whole part of your perimenopause. They will no. fluctuate and change. And then when we enter postmenopause, it's a lot of women will think that this is a time and it's a bit of a misconception that actually I'm I'm through it now. You know, that's me. I've I've, I've done, done it. Yeah. Yeah. I've done it. It's gone. And actually that the whole um, alarming part of it is, and it's never a nice thing to have to say this, is, well, actually, no, you're in the biggest risk part of your life now because mm. your hormones have flatlined. We don't have any more estradiol in there. 
and with estradiol being so organ, bone, heart protective. Got a lot of research being funded at the moment, which is phenomenal on whether it actually supports the brain and can mm-hmm. act as a either not preventative, but um, slowing down the onset of brain degenerative disease like Alzheimer's and dementia. Alzheimer's, wow, okay. Yeah, so for a lot of women, we've got to appreciate that the lack of knowledge and understanding in Mm post-menopause, we are, as women, 50% more likely to have cardiovascular disease post-menopausally because we've lost that estradiol for the heart. So things like stroke, again, heightened risk osteoporosis and i don't want to sit here and do all the kind of here's the risks and here's the doom and gloom but it's good you've got to know what you're facing and i think you Mm -hmm. absolutely hit the nail on the head adele i think you know once those periods have stopped and you maybe not you know sweating in the evening as much and Mm -hmm. and you feel okay i've come through the other side but um then then there's a risk that you stop looking after yourself as well and actually that's not a good thing yes, based on agreed. what you just said mm. agreed and this is a beautiful time in life a lot of women look at me crazy when I say that but this gets to be a really empowering and opportunistic time in any woman's life mm. because what happens along this journey and it's there's this beautiful kind of like endocrine reason that this happens a very scientific yeah. reason that this happens but we actually we become a little bit less tolerant of other people's bs and that's because mm. of the, the hormonal changes that we're going through. The brain is adapting and we start to be able to see that we need time for us. You know, this is a big non-negotiable yeah. in what I teach. It's about self-care and we call it a joy bubble. What's inside that that joy bubble oh, that we do? Sounds so, fascinating. I want to be in the joy yeah. bubble. <laughs> yeah, a joy bubble. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So we get to look at this with a really beautiful, powerful, positive lens, mm. but not undervaluing the fact that a lot of women do struggle yeah and and there's a lot of mixed messages you know I think as you sort of enter into this um kind of zone or time of your life you, mm-hmm. you start to uh, reach out and and look at um you know resources uh, is there a book and there's lots of celebrities if you like kind mm-hmm. of throwing themselves at oh look at me I'm talking about the menopause um but actually, the reality of it is we're not all Davina, are we? And she's beautiful and, you know, she's she's living her best life. And um, But, you know, we, we we look at that sometimes or we could be looking at that and thinking, oh, God, you know, but why don't I look mm-hmm. like Davina going through the menopause? Um, it, it's good to start to talk to like-minded people. Do you share your network as well? Do you, do you kind of mm-hmm. clients talk to each other? Because that's a good thing, yeah. isn't it? Going through the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, community is yeah. a really big thing. Um, we're just about to launch a really beautiful community membership and it's in beta testing at the moment Um, because again it it can't just be another Facebook group so this will not Mm. be on Facebook it's coming away from social media which has taken us a lot of investigation and time to look at the right platform for hosting but part of this journey is that we we need each other and it's the empowerment in coming together in that kind of camaraderie of you know, don't worry about it. I was there last week. You're going to feel fine. Just give yourself a yeah. few days. And it's giving each other that permission. So what we find is when we work in group settings and kind of community style memberships, um, mm. we, my team and I, will become, you know, the, the kind of go-to for um, support. So if there's questions in there that need more of a, a coach or an um, expert specialist response, then we're there for yeah. that. But a lot of the time it's about just having permission to feel, 
Yeah, to feel yeah. upset, to feel a bit angry, to feel peed off that you're experiencing mm. this and it's held you back from something you've wanted to do and have mm. that validation at the other end where other women come and put their virtual arms around you and say, well, don't worry about it. Like, I've been there or I am there. Right I got there. through Mm-hmm. I got through the other side. It's well, yeah. yeah. Send me details of that as soon as it's ready, Adele. Without a yeah. doubt, without a doubt. So this is kind of the accidental career. Now you're full time. You do this full time. Menopause yeah. coach. You talked about um, some other things that you do. All part mm-hmm. of the same. Uh, all part of the same thing. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're really enjoying what you do now. I love it. I really do. I think mm-hmm. this is what I say as well. You know, as much as it was a really, really hard time in my life when I handed in my resignation. I was in a senior level role. I was earning a really nice, comfortable wage. Um, mm. My husband and I were were 50-50. We aren't exactly the same. And actually, the, the, the day that this happened, it will never, ever leave me. But we were on a family weekend trip up to the north of Scotland in Aviemore, just north mm. of Aviemore. And it was a beautiful spring to summer day. It was just coming into summer weather. Mm. My husband nice. and I are sitting on the sun loungers and I was just in tears because I just felt horrific I just didn't know what was going on well did know but didn't have confirmation and my husband leant over to me sat up in the chair and he leant over and he said just resign you're made for more than this and this is not okay so I burst out crying and I was like I had that permission from him to then put me first rather than think about the money um so yeah I resigned that Monday when I went in um Unfortunately, because the organisation I was currently then working for hadn't put forward my request for six weeks of reduced hours to look after me and get my HRT um, all in place. So I'd been confirmed by that point, had my HRT prescription and I'd asked for a six week reduced hours to allow me just to get my body back and then come back into the role. But what was then explained to me was that the role that I was doing couldn't be done on reduced hours. Um, so wow. they, they would need to discuss with me what that then looked like. Now, to me, that kind of meant, as much as the word demotion wasn't mentioned, that kind of was what it felt like. Yeah. So I thought, right, yeah. we're not going to even go here. I value me. I love me. And here's my beautiful resignation. Um, and took some Take time it. away yeah. for the purpose of me. You know, the reason I gave them yeah. was... I'm, I'm resigning to look after my body and my health and when I'm well. Sad, sad that you've, be, you've been put in that position, Adele, but it's, it's the whole thing. She's given me goosebumps and good mm-hmm. good, good for you that you did that. Uh, there'll be a lot of women who feel like they want to do that and don't feel yes. ready or in a position to be able to do that. So that is lovely. But I think how, I mean, from you've had that experience, but now you've talked to a lot of women who are going mm-hmm. through perimenopause, menopause, how is it in the workplace you know is it is it more kind of understood now or are people still a bit I would say that some workplaces are really leading the way we've got a lot of trailblazers who already have menopause policy in place even though that's not a a legal requirement um we've Mm -hmm. got others that and we my team and I work very closely with a lot of large corporations and very local Mm. small corporations around um senior leadership team training lunch and learn awareness and drop-in sessions um yeah so we do a lot within that space and obviously this month is really busy with all of that because it's menopause awareness month but i would say that there's when we think of it this way women in the workplace and others Mm. so men and other people are impacted by menopause it's not just the woman that's impacted 
You know, we yeah. may have a male or a partner who is then affected by their partner going through this. Equally, mm-hmm. they may need support in the workplace for, do you know what? I need an emergency leave day or I need to start yeah. a bit later today because I was up all night with my partner really struggling. Mm. So we need to look at this wider than just the impacts to the woman, but equally it's knowing that if we have a little bit more knowledge and awareness and we can have some even policy statements, we don't need a full policy to be in place around the care that we can offer. Women are spending five days out of seven days every single week in that corporate workplace. That's Mm. more time than what she's spending at home with her family overall in that week. Therefore, of course, we need to look at duty of care and reasonable adjustments that can be made and it won't need to be in place every day because again no. those fluctuating symptoms can come out of the blue we don't get yeah. any advance warning it's not like a menstrual a healthy menstrual cycle no. where we know that for maybe two days out of that month mm. we're going to need that support and it's roughly about the first two days of the month with perimenopause you can feel super amazing one day and then wake up the next day and feel like you have literally been steamrollered everything hurts you're exhausted you can barely pull yourself out of the bed and to then have to get up and go and do a full day's work when you're that exhausted and fatigued is yeah you don't do it to the best of your ability you know you can't if you're feeling that way be the best Mm -hmm. version of your work self so in terms of um you know senior leadership they you know and, and also I think we've got to not be frightened to say the words you know I, I don't feel well don't know what it is let's mm-hmm. just be let's just say what it is let's just yeah. talk about it openly I'm feeling rubbish yeah. today because of my perimenopausal symptoms it should not be um a taboo word to, to absolutely the narrative know, is changing and we're starting to see more and I think that you know this was partly the reason why I'd started my podcast the menopause coach was about really mm. bringing that awareness and mini education series but equally the whole interweaving of this gets to be an an opportunity time and you know a really rich time where we as women get to step forward and claim you know this Mm. they call it midlife and a lot of people hate that phrase I Mm. don't hate it but I don't love it I think midlife for me means well actually maybe that's the midway point in my life rather than it's my midlife where I get Mm. to then choose am I going to continue feeling this way or am I going to make some changes because it's all our own choice if we choose to stay where we are or we choose to make change that's as simple as it needs to be right so if we choose to make change we can make change with the smallest of things like every morning when I get up I am going to start my day by making my bed and saying a really big gratitude and Mm. that's a positive psychology intervention Because what we do is we flood the brain with serotonin, with GABA. We flood it with beautiful reward hormones like dopamine. And that floods the body. Okay, And it stimulates the heart. There's this whole piece of brain to heart coherence that we have as human beings. And not Mm. a lot of us stimulate that connection. So by being able to just think of one thing you are grateful for every morning, as soon as you're waking up, you're starting your day with a beautiful cocktail of really positive hormones. Sounds fabulous. And I will be doing it in the morning, Adele, without a shadow of a doubt. I will be doing that in the morning. Um, I could talk to you all day. I mean, I, I definitely will be talking to you again without a shadow of a doubt, Adele. But there's probably lots and lots of women listening to this podcast, hopefully thinking, oh, how do I how do I reach out to Adele? So tell them where they can find you. 
I am most active on Instagram and I'm actually doing mm-hmm. a daily live every single day in October, Monday through Friday. So you okay. can come and chat with me live there. I'll be answering all the questions. I'll be doing mini teaches across there on key subjects like what we've done today, but in a shorter form. Fabulous. So you can find me on Instagram if you just look up the dot menopause coach. Or if you yep. jump into Google, you can pop Adele, the menopause coach in and it will bring up all the platforms that I'm active on, including LinkedIn and mm-hmm. the podcast, the menopause coach podcast. Fantastic. I'll be I'll be listening in and I really mm-hmm. appreciate your time today, Adele. Thank you so, so much. You're super welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Adele, for that interesting chat. I went off on a tangent, but it got me really interested. Ladies, if you're listening and you're struggling, reach out to Adele. You are not alone. If you want to listen to more of our Accidental Careers podcasts, find us on your usual platforms, Spotify, etc. And leave us a review so we know what you're thinking. Until the next time, thank you, everybody.